more likely to experience unfair treatment when seeking medical care than others, a new study from the Urban Institute found. The study, released earlier this week, is based on data from the nonprofit's Health Reform Monitoring Survey, the latest round of which was conducted in June. Researchers found that 22% of Black patients said they were judged unfairly or mistreated because of their race or ethnicity, language, health insurance type, weight, income, disability, or other characteristics. The rate at which Black parents reported this treatment was about 10% higher than parents who are white, Hispanic, or who identify as part of other racial groups, the survey found. Quote, these experiences are disproportionately affecting parents of color and their children, especially Black parents. There's folks who do that in Espen, okay? And so understanding and interrupting these experiences of unfair treatment, of undertreatment in healthcare, could be an important step towards helping to close a lot of the racial and ethnic health inequities that we see. Dulce Gonzalez, uh, Dulce Gonzalez, a senior researcher at the Urban Institute and co-author of the study said, race, ethnicity, country of origin, and primary language were among the most common reasons why black patients said they were treated unfairly. You got that? Race, ethnicity, country of origin, and primary language. And this is why black parents were treated unfairly. So uh, that, that just basically wipes out everything else except race. The reason they have a problem, it all comes down to your race. It all comes down to that. The study found that seven in 10 parents, the study found that seven in 10 parents who reported experiencing unfair healthcare treatment were more likely to delay treatments after those experiences. The unfair treatment could have negative health consequences, cause additional stress to patients, and lead them to mistrust the healthcare system to the point of foregoing necessary treatments, Gonzalez said. Well, there's going to be a lot of changes that are needed on multiple fronts that address not only sort of implicit and explicit biases that providers and their staff can hold towards people of color, but also just broader changes in how we're delivering healthcare, she said. The survey was conducted online among a nationally representative sample of 9,495 U.S. adults ages 18 to 64. But the analysis was based on the responses of 2,981 patients, parents of children under age 19. And I suggest to you that this study is rather polite. I suggest to you that this study is actually rather polite, truth be told. I don't think this is severe. I think this is actually a rather polite study, in my opinion. It's a polite study, especially when you see this. It is a polite study, especially when you see this. I know that a bunch of you have seen this article no bunch of you have seen this story. No, you have. I saw this story at first. When I first saw this story, I simply did not believe it. When I first saw this article, I simply did not believe it.
I didn't believe this when I first saw it. I said to myself, like, can't be what we're seeing here. How in the hell could this possibly? No, somebody is being hyperbolic. Someone is exaggerating. I ain't never read nothing like this before. Never. Never. And then the response after that doesn't just boggle the mind or the imagination. It shocks the conscience and it mortifies the soul. See this. Channel 11, KKTV.com. Baby decapitated during birth died before delivery. Hospital claims. Medical examiner says investigation continues. Riverdale, Georgia. The Clayton County Medical Examiner's Office is investigating the death of an infant that was decapitated during birth while the hospital claims the baby was dead before the delivery. Quote, I think I can speak for everybody that's been involved in this case. It's traumatizing, said Brian Byers, director of the Clayton County Medical Examiner's Office. The medical examiner's office said it is investigating what led up to Travion Isaiah Taylor Jr.'s death. Taylor's parents are suing Southern Regional Medical Center and those involved in his delivery at the Riverdale Hospital. The medical examiner's office said the active investigation limits their ability to comment, but did confirm that on July 13th, the office was contacted by Willie A. Watkins Funeral Home in Riverdale. The medical examiner's office said they were notified of a, quote, deceased infant. The funeral home had in their care that had been reported as decapitated during childbirth. They informed us that the family had a private autopsy performed, but because of the trauma, injuries, and circumstances involved, they wanted to make sure it was reported to our office. Let me say that one more time. This is the medical examiner's office speaking right now. They informed us, the funeral home informed us that the family had a private autopsy performed, but because of the trauma, injuries, and the circumstances involved, they wanted to make sure it was reported to our office, the medical examiner's office. We are grateful for their call because the incident had not yet been reported to us. The medical examiner's office said, well, we're grateful the family told us. We're grateful that the family told the funeral, office, funeral director's office because nobody else told us. So you mean the medical examiner is, is letting you all know, by the way, uh, the hospital never said nothing to us. The family had to get a private autopsy because, you see, this is what black folk got to do with our disposable income. If we get two extra pennies to rub together, this is what our disposable income got to go to. We got to go to fighting bogus-ass charges. We got to go to getting our dead children out of the hospital. We got to go to paying for private medical examiners. That's what, that's what our disposable income goes for. Talking about pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. Illegals over here getting top-notch medical treatment. And meanwhile, we over here having to pay for our own medical 
exams for our dead children. The hospital didn't even so much as report this. But if you are a black parent and they think that they can get you locked up for child abuse, domestic violence, or something else, well, the hospital will be sitting back smiling and dialing while you're standing there. You won't get to leave the OR. They will have the hospital police come and grab you. You won't make it that far. The hospital is going to be sitting there calling the authorities, reporting you, making reports, getting together with the state. They'll be doing that before you leave the hospital. You won't make it home. They see something they don't like and they think they got a way to get you. Oh, we we grabbing all y'all. Oh, don't worry. We got all kinds of powers now. Why, we're Johnny on the spot. Diligent now. But it looks like something where you got them and all of a sudden it's a code of omerita. All of a sudden it's a code of silence. All of a sudden ain't no proper procedure being followed anymore. And the medical examiner's like, well, I'm so glad the family said something. Damn sure wasn't like the hospital was going to tell us anything. So, so glad the family took the initiative to reach out to us. Now that the family has reached out, by the way, now that the family has reached out, filed a lawsuit and everything else, now the hospital wants to speak, by the way. Now the hospital wants to speak. Didn't want to speak before now. Didn't want to say nothing before now. Didn't want to contact the medical examiners before now. Didn't want to make a report before now. But just so you all know, now they want to talk to people. Now they want to release a statement. Now they want to say something. Just so I'll let y'all know, this is not the doctor, not the doctor, not the doctor involved in delivering the decapitated baby. The hospital didn't want to say nothing. Not even to the point of doing their due diligence and their responsibility of reporting this. Didn't even do that. It goes on to say here that on Thursday, just a few days ago now, on Thursday, Southern Regional Medical Center said in a statement that the hospital did not, that the hospital did report the infant's death to the medical examiner and is cooperating with all investigations. Buyers, now this is the medical examiner now, Byers said the hospital did not self-report the incident, but is cooperating with the county's investigation. Now, what do y'all know here? You got the hospital saying, oh, we did report it, and the medical examiner saying, no, you didn't. You didn't report this. Yeah, we did. Um, I'm the medical examiner. No, you didn't self-report this. No, you didn't. Well, we, we feel like we did. I mean, the, you, the email might have got lost or something. Hey, see? See? So, folks, you got the medical examiner on the side of the family saying, by the way, the hospital never told us. The hospital never reported it to us, by the way. So think about that for a few moments. Yet again, another medical examiner saying that yeah, the black family, by the way, you have to tell them the truth that these folks didn't do this. No, 
hospital. Yeah, we did. Sure, we, 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 we did. Uh, yeah, we did, we did. What the hell? Wild Dog Grady. Wild Dog Grady was the only one to watch out for. The article goes on to say here that the hospital said in a statement that the baby died in utero before delivery. And now here's the killing part, y'all. And the doctor named in the lawsuit is, quote, not and never has been an employee of the hospital. Wait a minute. What the hell is this? An episode of Suits? So the, the doctor is not a hospital employee. What the hell? Anybody walking in off the street with a white butcher's coat gets to deliver babies at your hospital? This is what the hospital is saying after all those weeks of saying nothing about this incident. This is what they come back with. But wait a minute. Wait till you hear all the facts. Okay, I'm not done yet. Wait till you hear all the facts. The hospital added, quote, our heartfelt thoughts and prayers are with the family and all those impacted by this tragic loss. Our prayers also remain with the dedicated team of physicians, nurses, and staff at Southern Regional Medical Center who cared who carried for this, this patient. As our deepest sympathies remain with the family, Southern Regional Medical Center denies the allegations of wrongdoing in the complaint referencing the hospital. The Clayton County Medical Examiner's Office Chief Investigator has requested an autopsy be done by the Georgia Bureau of Investigations Medical Examiner's Office. The Chief Investigator also met with the Clayton County Police Department. The agency is also investigating Taylor's death. Quote, you have so many people looking at this from so many angles that are completely independent from each other, said Byers. I have no doubt the truth will come out and the public should rest assured they will get an honest answer and an honest review of what happened. Byers continued in an interview Thursday with Atlanta News First. The results of the autopsy have not been released at this time. Quote, we have notified the Georgia Composite Medical Board of the incident and requested that they also investigate three doctors' roles in this incident, the medical examiner's office said. We are currently in the process of notifying the Georgia Secretary of State Office Board of Nursing of the incident and will request that they also investigate the nursing staff's role in this incident. Now, that's the end of the article, but here's what they didn't state. You know, remember... And if you go read other articles about this, you Google it and read other articles about it, you can see what they were saying about this. That they, they were saying that the um that they were saying that the hospital that the doctor wasn't an employee. Well, yeah, um they weren't an employee, but they had uh medical privileges at your hospital. That's the part that was missing from this story. But if you look at others, this doctor didn't just walk up in there and start doing what they do. They had medical privileges at that hospital. So some of these articles are not putting that in its proper context. This wasn't some vagrant who just walked in off the street and said, hey, I'll help y'all deliver babies. They, it, it, it wasn't like that. It wasn't like that. That wasn't what happened. And just up here walking off the street, and then next thing you know, start delivering babies. And oh, don't worry, I'll help you out with that. It, it, it didn't happen that way.
That one is actually the nice one, folks. That one is actually the nice one. No, 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 no. I want to make sure we go way, way down the road deep here. I want to make sure we go way down the road deep. I want to show you another article. Is what I want to do. I want to show you another article. It's these kind of things right here. These kind of things right here. This article. This is coming from Fox 5 Atlanta. I want you to listen to this one because this one's got a few more details about what happened on the spot. And advise you in advance to brace yourselves for some of these for some of these details. Those of you who don't have children, and even for those of you who do, Riverdale, Georgia. The Clayton County Medical Examiner's Office has asked the Georgia Composite Medical Board to investigate the doctors and nurses connected to the alleged decapitation of a baby during childbirth at Southern Regional Medical Center. Jessica Ross was rushed to the hospital in Riverdale after her water broke on July 9th, according to a lawsuit filed by the family. The baby, Travion Isaiah Taylor Jr., reportedly became stuck, during, stuck due to shoulder dys dystocia. Dr. Tracy St. Julian allegedly tried for hours to deliver the child vaginally. Shortly before midnight, the decision was made to perform a cesarean section and the infant's body was delivered. The head was delivered vaginally. What? The fuck? I'll let you all read that for a moment and explain to me. Those of you here who are nurses, I've got nurses who listen to my program. I've got nurses and medical professionals who listen to my program. Will you explain to me how in the hell that happens? Explain to me the mechanism that causes that to occur. Because I don't get it. I don't get it. Explain to me how in the world that happens there. Because these folks are trying to make you think that this is just run the bill. Explain to me how in the hell that happens. I'm going to read it again. Shortly before midnight, the decision was made to perform a cesarean section and the infant's body was delivered, the head was delivered vaginally. It's a nightmare scenario. It's a nightmare. I could stop here, but I'm not because I want you to go ahead and listen to what the rest of the article here says. The lawsuit claims that Dr. St. Julian did not tell Ross and her family about the decapitation 
when she spoke to them at approximately 5 a.m. on July 10th. Ross also claims the hospital discouraged Ross and the baby's father, Travion Taylor Sr., from seeking an autopsy, saying a free autopsy was not an option for them under the circumstances. Instead, they reportedly encouraged the couple to have their son cremated instead of being sent to a funeral home. Want to burn up the evidence, motherfuckers. Did you get that? Folks, do you hear this? Do you hear this? No, you don't need no autopsy. We, we can't take care of that for you here either. What they were betting on was these folks couldn't afford this. See, that's what these people are betting on. This is the whole point of systemic racism and generational poverty. If you are generationally impoverished, then they can just assume, and usually accurately so, that they can do anything to you. And they go get away with it. So if you want to know why it is that some folks was sitting here skipping and, 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 and cheering. It's because the way things usually work is they can just do anything to you. And because they engineered the system to keep you economically and socially disenfranchised, disadvantaged, that you won't even have, well, we still making this to the courts, but courts cost money to get justice in America. And if we keep you impoverished, you can't get no justice. So you see, we can just say crazy things to you. We can just say crazy things to you. And it's gonna fly. And to some of you who may point out the fact that you believe that the doctor May have been one of these immigrants. I want you to understand the real point here. Sure, absolutely, that's relevant. But what's more relevant is please understand the hospital is standing behind them. The hospital is back in play. The hospital's back in the play. That's the part I want you to keep in mind. It's not just the doctor. The hospital is behind it. When you start hearing these kind of details, that the hospital said a free autopsy was not an option under these circumstances. Under what circumstances? You mean the fault? Instead, they reportedly encouraged the couple to have their son cremated instead of being sent to a funeral home. When Ross and Taylor demanded to see and hold their child, the baby was reportedly tightly wrapped in a blanket with its head, quote, propped on top of his body to conceal the fact that he was decapitated. Then y'all read this. When you read this, you can see what they said. They asked to hold their child the baby was right tightly wrapped in a blanket with his head.
top of his body like some sick Barbie doll to conceal the fact that he was decapitated. The family was ultimately told about the decapitation by the funeral home, according to the family's lawyer. So in other words, the doctor, listen to me, people. The doctor and the nurses all got together for the purposes of making it look like the baby was in one piece and they swaddled the baby in swaddling clothes and had him tightly wrapped in a blanket so that it seemed like the baby was all still in one piece. The family obviously did not unwrap the baby and didn't figure out what happened or happened until the funeral home told them. By the way, we unwrapped that blanket. Did you know that then your baby came to us in two parts? Did you know your baby came to us in two pieces? Willie A. Watkins Funeral Homes had also contacted the Clayton County Medical Examiner's Office on July 13th. Quote, they informed us that the family had a private autopsy performed because of the trauma injuries and circumstances involved. They wanted to make sure it was more than our office. We are grateful for their call because the incident had not yet been reported to us, as you all know. They've opened up investigations. After reviewing the preliminary results of the autopsy, investigators reached out to the state agencies overseeing the doctors and nurses who were on duty during the birth. Quote, we are currently in the process of notifying the Georgia Secretary, uh, Secretary of State's Office Board of Nursing about the incident. As you can see here, they have the hospital statement saying that Dr. Julian was not an employee of a hospital. Yeah, but they have admitting privileges. So, yeah. And the hospital ain't acting innocent. The hospital, when you see from here, these folks are saying, hey, they told us we couldn't have a free hospital, couldn't have a free autopsy. Uh, they told us to go have our son cremated. They wrapped the kid in a blanket, propped the body up on top of the body. That was what they did for us. No wonder they didn't want us showing. That's what they did for us. Folks, this isn't just a doctor anymore. This is the system. This is the hospital. It's the point I'm trying to drill through to you. This ain't just one person. It's not just one person. When these kind of things occur, we need to be aware about that because it doesn't occur in a vacuum. Right now on the line, I have a brother we talked to about this before who unfortunately, horror of horrors, has experienced this firsthand. Filing lawsuits firsthand and going through this abomination firsthand. This is a parent's absolute worst nightmare, but it's run of the mill for black folk and statistically speaking, as black people, we're far more likely to experience this ourselves with a bunch of people looking at us crazy, talking about they don't know how the hell this happened. 
Meanwhile, there aren't any white over two-thirds of the population, and it's not two-thirds of the white women walking out the hospital with their baby's head in one hand and their body in the other. Whenever it's black folk, you always hear these incredible, unbelievable things. And then you see hospitals standing behind it, and all of a sudden they lock arms. Got Brother Ogun on the line via Zoom. Brother Ogun, I'd like to welcome you back to the Black Channel, brother. I'm sure that you heard about this case happening out of uh, Clayton County. If you hadn't, it's okay, but... Um, you stay, I'm sure you stay pretty important about these things. When I'm reading the article, when it's talking about what they said to them, when they said they wanted to see the body, I said, I'll be damned. Ogun sat here and said the same thing to us when we talked to him. When he said he wanted to see his child, all of a sudden we heard the same thing. Y'all have to excuse me. I don't need to be yelling while Ogun is on the line here. This is already upsetting enough to people, but I'm outraged about this. I can only imagine what the hell the parents are. I'm outraged about this. And when I read this and I heard this, I said, this is exactly what Ogun said. The same thing that happened to these folks, that's the same thing he said happened to him. This ain't a coincidence, brother. No, no, it's not. And, and when we heard of this, man, we, I was horrified again all over. It's like opening up a wound. And my, I was like, you know, when I first started reading about it, I just I just couldn't believe it. I said, no damn well, I didn't just read what I read. You know, and, you know, my condolences to the family and whatnot. No, no family should be able to be having to go through this and whatnot. But, and so we're thinking that as soon as you get the death certificate, autopsy result. You got the death certificate, which has the cause of death, autopsy result. Automatically thinking they run side by side, or at least um, consecutively. Well, it was about a month, two months after the death certificate that we finally got the autopsy report to be even to uh, be able to send to the lawyers that were requesting it before they started standing up. Yeah, it, isn't that amazing? We, everybody, when you ask what the procedure is supposed to be, everybody knows what the procedure is supposed to be. These organizations and these government entities could not run smoothly if that's not the way it goes every day. Because, unfortunately, but it's human existence, people die every day. If it was this big of a hassle to get this information all collated and cataloged, it, it would be a boondog. These agencies simply couldn't function if it was this difficult, because hell, they're the ones who set the rules. So it's not working, it's not it only gets complicated when we show up. All of a sudden, when we got a claim, all of a sudden we told there's rules, regulations, oh, well, here's the procedure, but for some reason, they like that this happened. What's going on? All of a sudden, folks run around talking stupid. All of a sudden, nobody knows why. Well, this was supposed to happen, but all of a sudden, it ain't happening. When we show up, once we get there, now it's haywire, and you're like, I make 55,000 calls. And we don't know why our procedure that works clockwork every other day stopped working when you showed up. Of course we know why it stopped working when you showed up. It's like, yeah, by the way, if this one shows up, uh, don't say anything. They're not as broke as we thought they were. Uh, they're not as under-resourced as we hoped they were. And they're a hell of a lot smarter than we wish they were. So, uh, yeah, just put this one aside. 
and let's see if we can stall them out. Let's just hope we can stall them. That's the strategy. I mean, I've, I've, I've seen it from corporations. I've seen it from government agencies. They don't have anything to defend themselves. Let's just see if we can stall you out. Let's, we'll just hold them off for three or four years. I mean, and I hate to say it like that, but yeah, that's, that's the mindset they got now. Hell, if they know they're behind the eight ball, man, hold them, slip on them for as many years as you can. Take a look at how long they held you off just to get paperwork here so you can begin the process of suing them. They're like, yeah, we know you can't sue us now, this, so yeah, we don't know. That paper that you need to sue us, yeah, we can't find it. We can't find that paper that you need us to give you so you can sue us. You know, we don't know what happened. Yeah, everybody else got theirs and not you. And now with these folks here, I'm hearing something similar. Go cremate the baby. Here comes medical examiner. We're going to do a bunch of examinations. Cause of death, well, the kid's head was taken off. We can start there. But yet, these folks here still don't have the paperwork that you had to wait months and months for. So it sounds like the same playbook is running in that regard. So they're stiff arming people. And it's a warning to folks going forward here, brothers. It's a warning to people going forward. This is where we act today. This is where we are, right here. Folks talking about the police. Take a look what's happening in these damn hospitals. This is just childbirth. Can you all imagine what's happening with cancer, heart patients, dialysis, strokes, kidneys? Can you imagine what's happening with that? This is something like children, when you got family members standing right there while it's happening, can you imagine what's happening to people who are by themselves? every day. And this is not about one rogue doctor because the hospital is still stonewalling right now. This is the hospital stonewalling. If this was just the doctor, the hospital should turn over all the damn information and wash their hands up. The hospital is stiff arming. Just like they did with you all. Mm -hmm. And this is what we mean by systemic. Two totally different hospitals, two totally different families, to totally different situations and the same experience. In the words of our brother Neely Fuller, you can't have this type of uniformity of experience if the situation ain't engineered. It can't be. You can't have two separate families have the same damn experience and it's not engineered. It's not possible. We got two rogue hospitals doing the exact same thing. Really? Sounds to me like folks already got their game plans together before you get there. Now, if this happens, how you deal with it? Do they look like they can sue? Probably not. Uh, probably not. But I just submit to you all, covering up these things is important. It is important to do that. Brother, I've been having them uh, post up your GoFundMe in the chat room. I've had my mods go ahead and do that. I wanted to let you know that we hadn't forgotten about you. We've been trying to, now we've been trying to clear out some time to get you back on the Alabama thing and the situation before that. Took up a lot of oxygen, but I wanted to let y'all know we have not forgotten about y'all. I see what's happening in sure Clayton County. And I, I, I wanted to make sure, I was like, I, I got to make time. I actually want to talk about something else today, too. But I'm like, I got to make time for this. I gotta make time for this. So stuff's getting pushed back. You can see what happened here. Stuff's getting pushed back. I want to make sure folks understand we're on top of it. 
because things like what just happened in Montgomery, Alabama, catch a lot of headlines. They catch the popular consciousness. You know, it is very galvanizing, and I understand it. Things like what happened to you happen every day. That happens every day. And along with police misconduct and brutality, and along with the white supremacists walking down the streets, these white supremacist institutions. Somebody's sitting there saying, well, Jason, do you think that they targeted them because of the baby? What I'm saying is that when black folks show up to these places, there's a culture of negligence. When black folks show up, I mean, you all have seen the papers and the reports from in medicine, oh, black folks don't feel pain. Are you serious? It's the year 2023? So in other words, what they're telling you is that when you are black and come to a hospital, automatically their response is that you are less than human. Just all man. So what do you think they think about your baby in a woman's womb? They can't even see them. Oh, well, that's, that's not even human at that point. This is what we're up against. You walk into the room and you are less than human. Now, when the country wants to go to war, why you're a proud American then, why you're the best of the best then, Jesse Owens, Joe Lewis, see, you're you're a human being when you're useful, when you can benefit them. All of a sudden, nobody's denying your humanity then. All of a sudden. The dream team for the Olympic for the basketball for the Olympics. You know, all of a sudden you're a person. But then you take a look at our daily experience. Then all of a sudden when yeah, the real thing comes out there. I want everyone to understand that when you see this story coming out of Georgia, this is a real situation for real people that's been going on for a while and continues to go on. But I like to believe that the response that we've seen in the last week has been different because of Ogun's case. I truly believe that. I truly believe that. I truly believe that the situation has gone differently for them than it has for you because they saw that you didn't roll over and take it last time. And more people are seeing how to respond differently. They ain't just sitting there waiting for the hospital to find religion. Mm-hmm. Can you let us know what the status of your case is now? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I got that. All right. Thank you. Yeah, the status of the, of the uh, what's going on right now is we're having issues. We're running into lawyers because it seemed like they just the word was put out or whatnot. You know what I mean? This brother come along. I know what to do. Look the other way. Because what we found is that we keep hearing this conflict of interest thing. And what's odd is that when we contact the lawyers, we tell them off top what happened in what hospital. So they know right away what hospital that we're talking about. So right then and there, you should be able to tell me whether or not it's a conflict of interest. Don't wait days or a couple of days or whatever and then call back and say, oh, you know what, it's a conflict of interest. We'll send you a letter of denial. Oh, you know what, we, we won't be able to help you. So we're running into lawyers that are saying that I have one word saying, you know, I'm not saying you don't have a case, but I just don't feel comfortable taking this particular case. 
And I think the biggest difference is that is that it's just not so it's, it's, it wasn't so egregious. It didn't happen on camera or where, where people could see it or something just so way out. It was almost like my word against the, the doctors and whatnot. And you know, we have to deal with the lack of empathy that came with that from the very beginning. From when I asked them, when they, you know, when they finally came out after hours, and I was asking Ogutoye and Ogutoye, uh, the anesthesiologist, is my child dead? Since it was her that led the pack to come out to tell us. And she ignored me to tell me to go into another room before she would reveal the truth about that. And so it was all, it was lack of empathy. It was, it seemed very orchestrated. And, um, and so now what we're dealing with is just lawyers that are acting like uh, they don't have enough information. I had one guy say, it's not, it doesn't show a very clear cause of death. So that's what we're running into now. Have y'all seen a, have you all ever seen a medical malpractice case where the lawyers weren't jumping all over it? Think about no, that, think um, about that for a few moments, folks. Have you all ever heard of a medical malpractice case where the lawyers were not jumping all over it? Welcome to America. You had white women who killed their children and lawyers showed up. So they just found out it was a hoax. This is exactly what personal injury lawyers and attorneys are supposed to be for. This is exactly what it's supposed to be for. And yet, like I say, you know something's wrong when you're starting to see things that just simply never occur. They got billboards all up and down the damn freeway. And yet, because you got situations where they got relationships in these hospitals, that's what money gets you. I'm sorry, that's what white money gets you. Because if you're black, you ain't got enough money to make that happen. When you're black, you don't have enough money and connections to get all these folks to lock arms against these other folks. That's why I'm telling you all, regardless of where the doctor came from, this is systemic. Because you don't get this kind of response in the hospitals too. What's going to be our next step? The next step is to acquire, uh, to um, get a lawyer. If we can get a lawyer that can uh, take it on, we're okay with that. We're actually okay with talking to anybody, any lawyer. We even reached out to Crump's uh, uh, people who said that this doesn't fit their criteria. So we finally found a case that Ben Crump won't touch. Really? Right. We finally found a case that he wouldn't show up for. Now, that's amazing. That's absolutely amazing, isn't it? Want to see? Well, I want to do something here that I don't normally do, but because it's you, Ogun, I'm going to do that. I'm going to say here tonight is to my brothers and sisters from around the world, but particularly there. Um, well, let everybody know what city and state you're in. Houston, Texas. Okay, my brothers and sisters in Houston, Texas.
to my black attorneys in Houston, Texas, to my personal injury attorneys in Houston, Texas, I want y'all to contact my brother Ogun. He's been getting the run around. He has been out here trying to prosecute this case and get it investigated. And they've been running into an obtuse amount of difficulty. So I want to put the word out here tonight that for those of you who are disgusted by what you just heard and saw happen in Georgia, just understand it didn't start there. It's been going on. They got lawyers with them, but you got a bunch of folk out here like Ogun who can't get anybody to take their cases once they tell them, oh, we need you to sue the hospital. Oh, sue the hospital? Oh, I did. Now, if, if you if it was you, see these ambulance chasers stop the ambulance at the scene of the auto accident. They don't follow the they don't follow the ambulance all the way to the hospital. They stop at the scene of the wreck. When you tell them, "Hey, I need you to follow this ambulance all the way back to the hospital," oh wait a minute now, hold on, hold on a minute now. So I want you to, do, brother, I want you to give everybody your email address, and I want my black folk out there. My black legal community, this is the time for y'all to be saying something. Houston, Texas, of all places. In Houston, Texas, of all places. That's unacceptable. So, Ogun, I want you to go ahead and give them your email address. And um, I want you all to go ahead and contact this man directly. Go ahead, brother. Appreciate that. My email address is teamlogan1678 at gmail. That's T E A M. L-O-G-A-N-1678 at gmail.com. Brother, I posted up the link here in the chat room. Anybody listening to this live or recorded, this program is going to stay up. So I want you all to take a look in the super chat over there on the chat room. You can see my mods have uh, posted the links to the GoFundMe as well as to uh, Ogun's email address. So that's what you all need to Keep an eye on and check in on that. Team Logan, 1678 at gmail.com. With everything else that's been going on here, folks, if you really want to be able to show up and show out, that's the kind of thing. If we can go look for bail people and lawyers for the brothers and sisters fighting white supremacy on the riverfront in Alabama, these are the kind of things here that really matter when folks realize that no matter what kind of obstacles they throw up, we're not going to let them get away with that. I'll let you have the last word. Man, I just want to thank you guys again. This is, you know, we're still an emotional wreck trying to cope with this. It's very, very difficult, but, you know, I just said thank you guys for standing by us. You know, thank you, D7, Eve, and, and those others that are really, really putting time in and really trying to focus on this to, you know, try to help us get justice in regards to this. But we're going to get justice one way or another. Thank you very much for giving us a call tonight, brother. We appreciate that. We'll be keeping in touch with you. Appreciate that. D1. D1 is always here. That's why it's got to be. That's why it's got to be. I want to put this in proper context for you all because I know you were excited and I know that you were, you know, very galvanized to stand up for brothers and sisters. I know that you are very galvanized to stand up for the chairman, and you should. And you should. But what I'm also telling you here is that I want you to also remember that while we're standing up for these other things, there's other folks out there who are close to us here. We've got a lot going on there, and these are things that help us on a regular basis. Having children is supposed to be a formality. Having children is supposed to be a failure to complete. It's not supposed to be something special. 
and yet in America, our children are targeted for death. In America, they tell you that it's all right. In America, they tell you that's okay. That's the kind of thing I want you to keep in mind. This is where we're at. I want to thank everyone who has contributed to support tonight's program on PayPal, Cash App, Super Chat, Venmo, and Man Black Voltron. Been on deck here. To my brothers and my sisters who are parents, to my brothers and my sisters who are in the medical community, to my brothers and my sisters who see this kind of thing happen at their jobs every day. You all see this kind of negligence from doctors every day, this kind of negligence from nurses every day. You see this all the time. You see this all the time. That's the thing I want you to keep in mind. You see this all the time. These are the everyday things that I want us to remember. We're going to take a very brief commercial, non-commercial break. When we come back, I have a few more words. This is the Black Channel. Hello, my name is Steve Rogers. I'm a certified elementary school teacher and have been for 20 years. I'm the author of this book, Guidelines for Successful Students, and in this book, I've explained the role of the parent and the student in the accommodations, procedures, rewards and consequences, and expectations that need to be in place to ensure student success prioritized. This book is available on Amazon.com. For more information, please visit my link tree at EasyMonitor and to access my latest podcast, A Teaching Moment. A white supremacist assassin seeks revenge. Corrupt FBI agents with evil intentions. Dangerous black collaborators dedicated to treason. Occam Jeffers must defeat them all and somehow survive. One misstep and he's a dead man. Join Occam Jeffers as he looks the devil in his blue eyes and tells him, Black first. A sequel to the underground hit War of the Heart, Spirit of 1811 Publishing presents... God Lovers, on sale at Amazon. Pre-order and save today. Visit spiritof1811publishing.com and show your love. War Threats, a brand owned by a descendant of Black American freedmen, was created to uniquely address Black American history and contributions that have been intentionally hidden and suppressed. Use their apparel and more to learn and share the Black American history of Black inventions, heroes, talents, Black business districts, and Sign up and support not only a black-owned business, but a movement at www.wordthread.co. Order yours today to experience all the benefits of Ash Kicking Natural Body Butter. With skin so smooth and soft, you'll thank us for it. Shop Ash Kicking all over. That's A-S-H-K-I-C. Hi, this is Brenda Starr, creator of Poetry with a Purpose and author of the book, Press But Not Crushed. 
Press But Not Crush is an anthology of political poems that address current and historical issues in American descendants of slave population and African-American population. The book describes slavery and its residuals, Jim Crow segregation, social depredation, and other relevant issues to American descendants of slaves and African Americans, including the current political climate that does not address our issues. This is the Black Channel. I am your host, your brother, your humble servant, the Black Authority. And what I want to say here tonight, brothers and sisters, is that they hate us because they're black, or they're able to victimize us because we're poor. But they also hope to be able to capitalize on situations or circumstances where we seem to be disorganized. And back during the days of segregation, we had no expectation that these white hospitals intended to do anything to us or with us but harm us. We had no expectations that these hospitals meant any good for us. During the pandemic, when you had those of us like myself who stood strong, never wavered on the idea about letting those folks hit you with the jab, said from the beginning that, you know, it takes about three or four years before a vaccine is considered to be even uh, allowable to be used by the public and really it takes about 10 years before you determine if it's safe. See, that's why for measles, mumps, rubella, the ones they usually give you whatnot, those are safe for the most part. You don't have issues with the kids having heart disease and heart attacks and falling out. The same thing happening over and over among a segment of the population that is really not supposed to experience that at all. Now it seems like every week you're looking up and that's occurring. With Joe Biden sitting there telling you everything's fine, everything's safe. Yeah, everything is so fine and so safe that people keep dropping dead from cardiac arrest. 16 years old, 17 years old, 18 years old, 21 years old, a segment of the population that should basically be immune from that kind of thing. Now all of a sudden you see a sharp uptick. LeBron James' own son. LeBron James' own son now. Cardiac arrest? Unheard of. But then it puts it in a whole new light. I want to say the, the fellow who played with the Buffalo Bills who had cardiac arrest during the NFL game here a few months back. I think he just did some starts. I want to say that they're celebrating because he's back on the field. And I'm like, really? Really? Kind of puts in a new light when they were putting out all those articles talking about we want black folk in particular. Yeah, everybody else, everybody needs the jab, but you black folk need to line up first. Don't worry, we'll bring out plenty of individuals, usually the immigrant class, they'll come and stomp for it. You need to get on out here first. 
Yeah, everybody needs it, but you come on down here first. Yeah, I mean, it hasn't been properly tested. Yeah, it's been fast-tracked through. Yeah, we've indemnified. Look it up. We protected from lawsuit the vaccine companies who have made more profit in one year than they did in the previous couple of decades. It was the biggest jackpot lottery bonanza for the medical establishment ever. Moderna went from being some bastard stepchild company to being the bell of the ball on Wall Street. The pandemic was a huge win for them. They'll be eating for generations off of what happened within 24 months. Never mind what happens to the people you gave it to. Never mind what happens to any of them. And when you have that level of callous behavior, you make all of us think, you know what? It kind of sounds like you planned that to happen. Kind of sounds like you planned on that to occur. Because you see, when you have this many people showing up with the same damn symptom with something that you said was safe, you're supposed to put a recall on that medication. Aren't you supposed, when you see this many side effects happening in this much of the population, aren't you supposed to put a recall on that medication? Did they have this many people die from Vioxx? Did Vioxx or thalidomide have this many people suffering this severe side effects before they pulled those from the shelves? You all go back and go take a look at the numbers. How many people actually died from Vioxx before the Food and Drug Administration stepped in and said, hey, you got to take this off the shelf. <coughs> you can't leave that out there. You got to pull this. Thalidomide. How many kids had to die? Although theirs was birth defects, but even then, how many of them had to had to happen too before that occurred? Now you take a look at what's happened in the last three years. You've now got studies from around the world that are saying, "Hey, that that vaccine the Americans are giving, yeah, that vaccine that the Americans are handing out to those American pharmaceutical companies right now." Yeah, those first of all, they're not stopping you from getting COVID. That's the first thing. Their vaccines are not preventing you from getting COVID. That, that's the first thing we should tell you. The vaccines are not stopping anybody from getting COVID. And second of all, it is helping you to have cardiac arrest. So it's not helping you to not get COVID, but it is helping you to have a heart attack. And then you go back and take a look at the ads and the articles and vax that ass up. And all these other useful idiots. Who sat up here and helped to promote this and helped to do this. All these folk. All these years later, the bodies are piling up story after story. You went from LeBron James' son to a 17-year-old. We're talking about young people who should never be experiencing this cardiac arrest. What the hell are you talking about? 
It's not natural for a 17-year-old to just have car natural. It used to be unheard of. And by the way, you notice and you're seeing young black males playing basketball. Teenage, black teenagers playing basketball. We went from never seeing it to seeing it all the time now. This is why as black people, we have got to have black medical professionals. Yes, it's good to have herbalists. Yes, it's good to have naturopathists. Yet it's good to have all that. <coughs> but we also need folk who deal in the pharmaceutical realm as well. We do not have enough black professionals in these circles. We don't have nearly enough. We do not have nearly enough black people serving as doulas. And I know that even being a doula is not the end all and be all. It's not the end all and be all by the same token. They're marching black folks in these hospitals and I'll be damned. I've been watching it happen now for 30 years. In Louisiana for 30 years I've been watching it. If you are a black female and you walk into the hospital and you have babies, don't you know, especially for black teenagers, for black teen mothers, don't you know they would tell them quick, by the way, we can give you a tubal ligation free. After she's given birth, they tell her, by the way, we can give you a free tubal ligation. How many of you have heard and seen that? How many of you have heard and seen that? If you're a black female, especially if you're a teen or if you're early 20s, why, if you have a baby and, oh, you, you're not married? Well, you know, we can give you a free tubal ligation. This is after you've given birth now. As soon as you give birth, oh, so glad the kid is here. By the way, we can make sure you don't have any more. Yeah, just in case you don't believe in abortion, maybe we can hit you while you're vulnerable. Doesn't that sound like some diabolical Margaret Sanger stuff? In the event that they do not succumb to abortion or do not succumb to your influence for abortion, you could suggest this to them immediately after birth. She will be feeling lonely. She will be feeling vulnerable. She will be feeling isolated. And she will trust the doctors. So if you tell her that she needs to have a tubal ligation, well, the chances are significantly higher that she will, at that time, go ahead and conceive. Doesn't that sound like something Margaret Sanger and the uh, American Psychology Association would have cooked up? Doesn't that sound like something they would say? Like that, that, that'd be a strategy that they would put together? Yeah. Well, in the event that that doesn't occur, tell the women that you know what? You can keep your figure. Oh, here's a different one right here. To all my females, all my males too who work in the medical industry, y'all know that's one of the things they tell these chicks, don't you? Well, if you give birth vaginally, why this could affect your figure more. If you have a C-section, having a C-section increases the odds of you being able to retain your figure. Well, don't you want to be, you want to get back in the club as quick as you can, don't you? Why, if you have a C-section, 
This will do a whole lot less abdominal distension. Don't you want to be able to wear your, your bikini this summer? No, I'm not lying. My medical professionals in here, have y'all heard some of them folks tell, it, tell the women this in these hospitals? I've heard it. Actually, in reality, hey, if you're willing to get it done a little bit earlier there, actually, it, they may not be telling a lie. Here's the problem. Number one, C-sections are risky. But number two, as you all know, once you have a C-section, you're basically living on borrowed time. You can't have endless C-sections. For those of you who don't know how C-sections work, even if the C-section goes well, in reality, you can't just keep going back having endless C-sections. It doesn't work that way. Medically, you can't just keep doing that. So once they give you the C-section, they know that they put your abdomen on borrowed time. They know if, you, if, you, if we can't get them to abort, Give them the title twos after they get the first birth. If you can't do that, damn it, hit them for the C-section. Because we know, then you'll be able to tell them, oh, you can't have an infinite number of C-sections now. You can't do that. You can't do that. And then you find out the black women, every type of risky birth procedure there is. Black women leave the nation. 7% of the population, 50% of all the risky stuff. Here, get your tubes tied. Here, get an abortion. Here, get a C-section. I'll be damned. Nobody explained, by the way, and they never explained to you the risks they never explain the risks. These folk talk about tubal ligations as if it's like getting your damn fingernails clipped. I've seen and heard that too. The doctors will talk about getting a tubal ligation. The one where they bend the fallopian tubes back. They talk about that mess like it's, it's, like it's getting your, your toenails clipped. They don't talk about it like, by the way, and most of the time, you can't really recover like you like we tell you to. If you have a tubal ligation, eh, can't guarantee that you won't get pregnant. And if you do, it'll be a tubal pregnancy, in which case, now we have an excuse to go in there and rip everything up. And by the way, if we do bend them back, eh, it's, uh, eh, it's, yeah, we told you that you can come back later and decide to put them back in place. Uh, yeah, about that. Uh, yeah, that wasn't exactly true. That wasn't exactly true. I want you to understand what you're dealing with when you go to these places. I'm just talking about childbirth. I'm not even talking about cancer and heart disease and everything else. 
I'm just talking about that. Just talking about childbirth. And that we as black people, it is imperative that we take care of our health to as much of a degree as we can. It is important that we have to do that because folks, the fact you got a fast food joint in every corner in the black neighborhood, that is health warfare. That's medical warfare too. You got a liquor store in every corner. Then when you try to get the city council to put a liquor store in the white neighborhood, they shut that down quick. You try that on the white side of town, they shut that down quick. They don't want nothing on the white side of town except houses and corporate business, corporate offices. They don't want all these chicken shacks and liquor stores and pawn shops. Nah, you ain't gonna do that. You ain't gonna do that. You don't even get a discussion. You ain't gonna do that. What I'm telling you is that that's government policy. When you have a situation where all the liquor stores on your side of town, all the chicken shacks on your side of town, all the burger places on your side of town, all the pawn shops on your side of town, then you go to the white side of town, it's nothing but clothing stores, corporate offices, and subdivisions. Oh, that's government policy. We are targeting you. And we are all in this together. Every city in America operates the exact same way. It doesn't matter whether you go to Houston, Dallas, Cleveland, Atlanta, DC, wherever, it's always the same. You cannot have this kind of uniformity of practice unless it's engineered. There's no way in the hell you can have all these cities and all these towns operating all the exact same way, exact same way. And this is not engineered. That they didn't all put their heads together and say, this is how we do things. So we as black people have to have a uniformity of how we respond. Ladies, Having them Chanel bags, a Chanel bag is a nice, cute thing. Baby, you know what will fit you a little bit better? A gym bag. We need for gym bags to be the new status symbol. Baby, you sitting here talking about a Birkin bag. If you're a size 18 with a Birkin bag, you making that Birkin bag look like a trash bag. You'd be better off with a killer body with a $30 handbag you got from Walmart. Dudes will be checking for you. You want to go get a $30,000 Birkin bag, and meanwhile, you can't even fit your whole hand in it. We need for that to become the new status symbol. That needs to be the new status symbol. Damn a Netflix membership. Get your big ass up off the couch. Damn a Netflix membership. You need a gym membership. How about that? That's another thing. The chat room talking about no processed foods. Let me tell y'all, in the last six, seven years, I've gotten real big about that right there. The stuff that comes in a box or a bag, eh, I ain't really rocking with that so much. 
Let me tell you, we need more black women doing what your grandmamas did. Oh, I said it. We need more black women doing what your grandmamas did. Your grandmama didn't go up and down the aisles. Your grandmamas, except the 35-year-old grandmamas, we had grandmothers who were old women. Them old women wasn't going up and down the aisles at the grocery store. They didn't buy peas in a can. Let me tell you, my grandmothers did not buy peas in a can. It ain't just because I'm from Louisiana. Them women worked as cooks. Them women worked cooking for other people, cooking for their families, and they were damn good at it. They couldn't just cook, baby. They threw down Southern food, and they were damn good at it. And them women, you are correct, they shelled their peas, the uh, the black-eyed peas, the uh, green peas, the uh, collard greens. You talk about collard greens? What the hell? We didn't buy greens in no cans. We didn't buy greens in a can, onions in a bottle or a jar. We didn't do that. Though what I'm telling you is that the only place in, there were only two places in that store that those women would go, the produce section and the meat market. That's what I'm telling you. The only two places they would go in the store is the produce section and the meat market. Now, they might need to get some rice, might need to get some red beans. But, you know, these are things that, um, generally speaking, have a minimal amount of some of that mess going on before Monsanto got in charge. They would go to the meat market, they go to the produce, they might get some cornmeal. Get some uh, red beans or rice, and then they don't hide telling it back to the house. They hide telling it back to the house. Hell, they didn't even get, they didn't like getting sliced cheese. They weren't even big on that. No beer. No beer. No beer. My grandmothers didn't have no alcohol in the home. What I'm telling you is from a mother's standpoint. As you know, my family, we don't drink like that. But my point is, why do you think it ain't? Yeah, you ain't going to get to marry this woman throwing the bottle back. You don't get to marry her throwing the bottle back. When you open up the refrigerator, there's a reason them old folks lived as long as they did. When you open up the refrigerator, you can see why. We didn't do alcohol at all. The folks who ended up on dialysis, yeah, that was them niggas. And what I'm saying is that the women today, y'all got to get back to that. Too many of you are trying to sit up here and be size 18, size 22 thoughts. And what I'm saying is these hospitals see your big ass coming. They can see you coming. The Nation of Islam's dietary stuff ain't stupid. That's the old way. That's the old way 
of doing it. And they were right. You got young women today walking around here with cholesterol levels through the damn roof. Trying to buy spanks and everything else. Your grandmama's exercise, they walked. Them old folk used to walk everywhere. And what I'm saying is that in the 21st century, there's no damn excuse for that. Every time you turn on Instagram or something, the females who got a million followers are in the gym. Meanwhile, the general population is lined up at damn Eat Krispy Kreme. I'm going to say something's going to upset some folks, but I got to say it. I love me some of my soul food restaurants. I really, really do. What's crackling down there in Atlanta? You know it's on and popping. But what I'm telling y'all is that you need to get used to the idea and start adopting the idea that what you see in the mirror is your most powerful asset. You go to what's crackling once every few months. Why don't you get that blood pressure and diabetes and cholesterol under control, and then you can go back there. You tell your children that. The adults act like the kids. Snicker bar in one hand, cheeseburger in the other, and dialysis hoses up their backs. Ladies, if you want a man to value you in that way, that's something you need to keep in mind. It is against female psychology and physiology to be carrying around a bunch of damn weight. Lizzo is built like a damn Econoline van. That's not natural for a woman. A woman's body, remember, women's, women have smaller, weaker bones than men do. Your bones are thinner and they're not as dense. You carry less muscle than men do. Female bodies are not meant to be lugging around a bunch of lard. The female anatomy ain't supposed to be lugging around a bunch of damn lard. A female dragging around Lizzo's weight is on a suicide mission. Your body can't handle all that. And the worst part is you pass it on to your children. We got size 16 and 18, 12-year-old and 13-year-olds waddling around the middle schools and the high schools. That's child abuse. Talking about you don't want to be like your grandmamas. Your grandmamas were happy, healthy. A bunch of y'all ain't gonna make it as old as them. They're gonna wind up burying you. You need to start seeing the value of that. We need to start seeing the value of black women communing with each other at the gym, communing with each other at yoga, bragging to each other about going to Whole Foods and Publix and Trader Joe's and about the new stuff they found in the damn produce section. I'm sitting up here talking about buying genuine uh, Parmigiano-Reggiano. The women need to be sitting there talking to each other about that. Going to these farms and, and, and picking up fresh fruit and produce there. 
Your grandmamas would have busted you upside the head to have that kind of mobility. You can go buy this stuff fresh. You sit around here looking crazy. Talking about going out to a restaurant. Your grandmamas didn't go to restaurants like that. Let's just keep it real. Grandmama wasn't talking about no damn Ruth's Chris and no Lou. That's cool. That's nice. Once or twice a year. That ain't supposed to be a regular thing. You go on Facebook, Instagram, whatever. These chicks are Uber Eats. So everything they get is coming from the restaurant. The restaurant has no dietary concerns. Here, eat this and die. Your grandmothers prided themselves on being a size six. Your grandmothers prided themselves on being able to wear whatever they wanted to wear. Your grandmothers didn't know what the word diet meant. Not the way you use it. Your grandmamas didn't know what a diet was? Yes, she's too busy in the produce section. And if they did develop any of those old people issues, they were actually old when they got them. The arthritis didn't kick in till they were 60 or 70. The cholesterol issues didn't kick in until they were 60 or 70. You got folks out here taking beta blockers and, and, and um, the one they give you for cholesterol. They, 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 y'all taking that statins? They, they got y'all taking that 30 and 35 years old. Got folks out here taking statins at 30 and 35. You all need to go and read some labels. It's like, hey, let me go get some fresh stuff here, man. That's the damn move. That's a flex. Let me tell you, ladies, while you sitting up here bull-jiving around with the damn food channel, you better figure out how to make some natural stuff. Yeah, you can eat your white meats and cool. That, that's cool and everything. That's where the lick is. You sitting up here trying to go to Popeye's Chicken Man. Damn that. You got a food mark. All y'all bragging about where you went on your damn birthdays. You should be taking your ass over there to the meat market, to the seafood market, and get that stuff fresh. That's how you get niggas getting down on one knee. It's like, yeah, I was going to break up with your ass, but now I started thinking about who going to make this be. Damn, I better go back and go apologize. Even though I ain't even in the wrong. The other thing is, if you ain't adding up the damn caloric counts on these things, people, do yourselves a favor sometime. Go and look up, for ex I'm just giving you one example. Do you know how many heads, how much lettuce you would have to eat to, to get 500 calories? If your daily food intake is going to be 2,000 calories, do you all know how many calories are in one? Just one, an entire head of lettuce? I want y'all to think about this for just a few moments. You all can go Google this right now if you want to. If you had to eat 500 calories worth of lettuce, first you might want to look up how many calories are in one 
head of lettuce. One. Spoiler alert, barely 50. Guess what? If I told you to eat 200 calories of strawberries without sugar, without sweeteners, you'd be surprised how many you got to eat to get 200 calories of strawberries. 200 calories is not a meal, but to get 200 calories of strawberries, you go look up how much, how many calories are in one strawberry. Now I'm telling you, you gotta go, you gotta go eat 200 calories worth. You go to the store, they got the, the, the shrimp that comes in a bag. If you want on the bag, or if you want to get the seafood market on the bag, you can at least see what the calorie count is. Folks, the whole bag that you get there at Walmart, the whole bag is 200 calories, the whole thing. All of it. Jason, you mean I can eat the whole bag of shrimp and that's only 200 calories? Yes. Not the fried shrimp. The stuff, the stuff that you can steam. You take some of that, put a little bit of seasoning on it. That's 200 calories for the whole bag. How the hell your ass walking around here size 18 and I know for a fact there's only 200 calories in a whole bag of shrimp. That's because your ass has, is sitting up there paying rent at Church's Chicken. You're renting a room upstairs at Five Guys. There's no way you could be packing on that much. There's too much stuff out here that well, I'm talking about have you full, full. You can't get through it. Folks, you, you, if you're on a proper diet, you ain't walking around hungry. If you're eating a bunch of complex carbohydrates, a bunch of processed foods, a bunch of stuff with white starch and sugar in it, yeah, you hungry all the damn time. If you're a person eating a regular, sensible, non-processed diet, man, you ain't walking around hungry. If you're eating whole oats, you ain't walking around hungry. If you're eating real eggs, you're not walking around hungry. If your ass is going to damn me, Bojangles. Well, Jason, I was eating, I got my bread, and I got my eggs, and I got my dairies, and they put some cheese on it. I got the sausage egg and, and cheese biscuit. That damn thing got 800 calories to it, but I got my, my, it's got the whole room, don't see you, just, you ain't think about it, man. If you don't get your big ass back in front of that damn stove and start learning how to scramble some eggs, while you still got an arm that ain't been cut off yet from the diabetes to scramble the egg with, Get you some eggs, get you some shredded cheese, get you some strawberries in the morning, and call it a breakfast. Folks, I'm talking about out of a 2,000 cal a day diet, 2,000 calories a day is hard to eat. 2,000 calories a day is difficult to eat if you're actually eating real food, but you're going to be stuffed. You're going to be stuffed. Y'all need to go to the fish market. Do you all realize that, for example, two fillets of snapper is 200 calories? If I told you to eat 1,000 calories of snapper, that would be like eight fillets. Man, you would think I was trying to kill you. If I told you to eat 1,000 calories of snapper, you'd swear I was trying to murder you.
when you saw how many fillets you have to eat to get a thousand calories. Like this nigga's trying to kill me. He's trying to burst my stomach. Bring up the biggest heifer you got. She goes, I can't eat all this. Yeah, that's real food. That's real food. Folks, I'm not lying. And I'm from Louisiana. We love our seafood, but we eat a bunch of garbage. That's what I'm telling you. We love our seafood down here, but then we go off and put the damn plantation twist on it. Yeah, it tastes better, but it kills you better too. We need to have a fundamental reorganization and re-engineering of how we do things. We love the flavor. We got to figure out a way to maintain the flavor and drop off all this damn extra stuff. I'm just telling y'all right now, when you eat real food, when you eat real cheese, when you eat real meat, when you eat real vegetables, man, that's going to have you full quick. That's going to have you full quick. And for most of the day, you folks, you ain't going to get to a 2,000. I'm just going to be real. You're not going to eat a 2,000-calorie diet unless you do weightlifting and stuff. You're not going to get that far if you're eating the real thing. You're not going to get that far. In the chat room, Jaquille talking about oatmeal and peanut butter. Yeah, you, eat, you can eat peanut butter, just not the Jif or the Peter Pan. You know, the super processed stuff. You can't eat that. If you get real peanut butter, you can eat that. You go get this processed stuff. Let's come boil your ass in here with this dialysis. We ain't supposed to have a bunch of young black folk walk around here like Trick Daddy. No offense, Trick Daddy. We ain't supposed to have a bunch of young black folk walk around here like that. Natural. It used to be unheard of. And by the way, you're noticing you're seeing young black males playing basketball. Teenage, black teenagers playing basketball. We went from never seeing it to seeing it all the time now. This is why as black people, we have got to have black medical professionals. Yes, it's good to have herbalists. Yes, it's good to have naturopathists. Yet it's good to have all that. <coughs> but we also need folk who deal in the pharmaceutical realm as well. We do not have enough black professionals in these circles. We don't have nearly enough. We do not have nearly enough black people serving as doulas. And I know that even being a doula is not the end all and be all. It's not the end all and be all by the same token. They're marching black folks in these hospitals and I'll be damned. I've been watching it happen now for 30 years. In Louisiana for 30 years I've been watching it. If you are a black female and you walk into the hospital and you have babies, don't you know, especially for black teenagers, for black teen mothers, don't you know they would tell them quick, by the way, we can give you a tubal ligation free. After she's given birth, they tell her, by the way, we can give you a free tubal ligation. How many of you have heard and seen that?
How many of you have heard and seen that if you're a black female, especially if you're a teen or if you're early 20s, why, if you have a baby and, oh, you, you're not married? Well, you know, we can give you a free tubal ligation. This is after you've given birth now. As soon as you give birth, oh, so glad the kid is here. By the way, we can make sure you don't have any more. Yeah, just in case you don't believe in abortion, maybe we can hit you while you're vulnerable. Doesn't that sound like some diabolical Margaret Sanger stuff? In the event that they do not succumb to abortion or do not succumb to your influence for abortion, you could suggest this to them immediately after birth. She will be feeling lonely. She will be feeling vulnerable. She will be feeling isolated. And she will trust the doctors. So if you tell her that she needs to have a tubal ligation, well, the chances are significantly higher that she will, at that time, go ahead and conceive. Doesn't that sound like something Margaret Sanger and the uh, American Psychology Association would cooked up? Doesn't that sound like something they would say? Like that, that, that'd be a strategy that they would put together? Yeah. Well, in the event that that doesn't occur, tell the women that you know what? You can keep your figure. Oh, here's a different one right here. To all my females, all my males too who work in the medical industry, y'all know that's one of the things they tell these chicks, don't you? Well, if you give birth vaginally, why this could affect your figure more. If you have a C-section, Having a C-section increases the odds of you being able to retain your figure. Well, don't you want to be, you want to get back in the club as quick as you can, don't you? Why, if you have a C-section, this will do a whole lot less abdominal distension. Don't you want to be able to wear your, your bikini this summer? No, I'm not lying. My medical professionals in here, have y'all heard some of them folks tell, it, tell the women this in these hospitals? I've heard it. <coughs> actually, in reality, hey, if you're willing to get it done a little bit earlier there, actually, it, they may not be telling a lie. Here's the problem. Number one, C-sections are risky. But number two, as you all know, once you have a C-section, you're basically living on borrowed time. You can't have endless C-sections. For those of you who don't know how C-sections work, even if the C-section goes well, in reality, you can't just keep going back having endless C-sections. It doesn't work that way. Medically, you can't just keep doing that. So once they give you the C-section, they know that they put your abdomen on borrowed time. They know if, you, if, you, if we can't get them to abort, give them the title twos after they get the first birth. If you can't do that, damn it, hit them for the C-section. Because we know, then you'll be able to tell them, oh, you can't have an infinite number of C-sections now. You can't do that. You can't do that. And then you find out the black women, every type of risky 
birth procedure there is. Black women lead the nation. 7% of the population, 50% of all the risky stuff. Here, get your tube tied. Here, get an abortion. Here, get a C-section. I'll be dead. Nobody explain. By the way, and they never explain to you the risks. They never explain the risks. These folk talk about tubal ligations as if it's like getting your damn fingernails clipped. I've seen and heard that too. The doctors will talk about getting a tubal ligation. The one where they bend the fallopian tubes back. They talk about that mess. Like it's, it's, it's like it's getting your, your toenails clipped. They don't talk about it like, by the way, and eh, most of the time you can't really recover like you like we tell you to. If you have a tubal ligation, eh, can't guarantee that you won't get pregnant. And if you do, it'll be a tubal pregnancy, in which case now we have an excuse to go in there and rip everything out. And by the way, if we do bend them back, eh, it's uh uh, yeah, we told you that you can come back later and decide to put them back in place. Uh, yeah, about that. Uh, yeah, that wasn't exactly true. That wasn't exactly true. I want you to understand what you're dealing with when you go to these places. I'm just talking about childbirth. I'm not even talking about cancer and heart disease and everything else. I'm just talking about that. Just talking about childbirth. And that we as black people, it is imperative that we take care of our health to as much of a degree as we can. It is important that we have to do that because, folks, the fact you got a fast food joint in every corner in the black neighborhood, that is health warfare. That's medical warfare too. You got a liquor store in every corner. Then when you try to get the city council to put a liquor store in the white neighborhood, they shut that down quick. You try that on the white side of town, they shut that down quick. They don't want nothing on the white side of town except houses and corporate business, corporate offices. They don't want none of these chicken shacks and liquor stores and pawn shops. Nah, you ain't gonna do that. You ain't gonna do that. You don't even get a discussion. You ain't gonna do that. What I'm telling you is that that's government policy. When you have a situation where all the liquor stores on your side of town, all the chicken shacks on your side of town, all the burger places on your side of town, all the pawn shops on your side of town, then you go to the white side of town, it's nothing but clothing stores, corporate offices, and subdivisions. Whoa! That's government policy. We are targeting you. And we are all in this together. Every city in America operates the exact same way. It doesn't matter whether you go to Houston, Dallas, Cleveland, Atlanta, D.C., wherever, it's always the same. You cannot have this kind of uniformity of practice unless it's engineered. 
There's no way in the hell you can have all these cities and all these towns operating all the exact same way, exact same way. And this is not engineered. That they didn't all put their heads together and say, this is how we do things. So we as black people have to have a uniformity of how we respond. Ladies, having them Chanel bags, a Chanel bag is a nice cute thing. Baby, you know what will fit you a little bit better? A gym bag. We need for gym bags to be the new status symbol. Baby, you sitting here talking about a Birkin bag. If you're a size 18 with a Birkin bag, you making that Birkin bag look like a trash bag. You'd be better off with a killer body with a $30 handbag you got from Walmart. Dudes will be checking for you. You want to go get a $30,000 Birkin bag and meanwhile, you can't even fit your whole hand in it. We need for that to become the new status symbol. That needs to be the new status symbol. Damn a Netflix membership. Get your big ass up off the couch. Damn a Netflix membership. You need a gym membership. How about that? That's another thing in the chat room. You're talking about no processed foods. Let me tell y'all, in the last six, seven years, I've gotten real big about that right there. The stuff that comes in a box or a bag, eh, I ain't really rocking with that so much. Let me tell you, we need more black women doing what your grandmamas did. Oh, I said it. We need more black women doing what your grandmamas did. Your grandmama didn't go up and down the aisles. Your grandmamas, except the 35-year-old grandmamas, we had grandmothers who were old women. Them old women wasn't going up and down the aisles at the grocery store. They didn't buy peas in a can. Let me tell you, my grandmothers did not buy peas in a can. It ain't just because I'm from Louisiana. Them women worked as cooks. Them women weren't cooking for other people, cooking for their families, and they were damn good at it. They couldn't just cook, baby. They threw down Southern food, and they were damn good at it. And them women, you are correct, they shelled their peas, the uh, the black-eyed peas, the uh, green peas, the uh, collard greens. You talking about collard greens? What the hell? We didn't buy greens in no cans. We didn't buy greens in a can, onions in a bottle or a jar. We didn't do that. Though what I'm telling you is that the only place in, there were only two places in that store that those women would go, the produce section and the meat market. That's what I'm telling you. The only two places they would go in the store is the produce section and the meat market. Now, they might need to get some rice, might need to get some red beans. But, you know, these are things that, um, generally speaking, have a minimal amount of some of that mess going on. 
before Monsanto got in charge. There we go, the meat market, there go the produce. They might get some cornmeal, get some uh, red beans or rice, and then they don't hightailing it back to the house. They hightailing it back to the house. Hell, they didn't even get, they didn't even like getting sliced cheese. They weren't even big on that. No beer. No beer. No beer. My grandmothers didn't have no alcohol in the home. What I'm telling you is from a mother's standpoint. As you know, my family, we don't drink like that. But my point is, why do you think it ain't? Yeah, you ain't going to get to marry this woman throwing the bottle back. You don't get to marry her throwing the bottle back. When you open up the refrigerator, there's a reason them old folks lived as long as they did. When you open up the refrigerator, you can see why. We didn't do alcohol at all. The folks who ended up on dialysis, yeah, that was them niggas. And what I'm saying is that the women today, y'all got to get back to that. Too many of you are trying to sit up here and be size 18, size 22 thoughts. And what I'm saying is these hospitals see your big ass coming. They can see you coming. The Nation of Islam's dietary stuff ain't stupid. That's the old way. That's the old way of doing it. And they were right. You got young women today walking around here with cholesterol levels through the damn roof. Trying to buy spanks and everything else. Your grandmama's exercise, they walked. Them old folk used to walk everywhere. And what I'm saying is that in the 21st century, there's no damn excuse for that. Every time you turn on Instagram or something, the females who got a million followers are in the gym. Meanwhile, the general population is lined up at damn Krispy Kreme. I'm going to say something's going to upset some folks, but I got to say it. I love me some of my soul food restaurants. I really, really do. What's crackling down there in Atlanta? You know it's only popping. But what I'm telling y'all is that you need to get used to the idea and start adopting the idea that what you see in the mirror is your most powerful asset. You go to what's crackling once every few months. Why don't you get that blood pressure and diabetes and cholesterol under control, and then you can go back there. You tell your children that, the adults act like the kids. Snicker bar in one hand, cheeseburger in the other, and dialysis hoses up their backs. Ladies, if you want a man to value you in that way, that's something you need to keep in mind. It is against female psychology and physiology to be carrying around a bunch of damn weight. Lizzo is built like a damn econo line van. That's not natural for a woman. 
a woman's body. Remember, women's women have smaller, weaker bones than men do. Your bones are thinner and they're not as dense. You carry less muscle than men do. Female bodies are not meant to be lugging around a bunch of lard. The female anatomy ain't supposed to be lugging around a bunch of damn lard. A female dragging around Lizzo's weight is on a suicide mission. Your body can't handle all that. And the worst part is you're passing on to your children. We got size 16 and 18, 12 year old and 13 year olds waddling around the middle schools and the high schools. That's child abuse. Talking about you don't wanna be like your grandmamas. Your grandmamas were happy, healthy, a bunch of y'all ain't going to make it as old as them. They're going to wind up burying you. You need to start seeing the value of that. We need to start seeing the value of black women communing with each other at the gym, communing with each other at yoga, bragging to each other about going to Whole Foods and Publix and Trader Joe's and about the new stuff they found in the damn produce section. I'm sitting up here talking about buying genuine uh, Parmigiano-Reggiano. The women need to be sitting there talking to each other about that. Going to these farms and, and, and picking up fresh fruit and produce there. Your grandmamas would have busted you upside the head to have that kind of mobility. You can go buy this stuff fresh. You sit around here looking crazy. Talking about going out to a restaurant. Your grandmamas didn't go to restaurants like that. Let's just keep it real. Grandmama wasn't talking about no damn Ruth's Chris and no boo. That's cool. That's nice. Once or twice a year. That ain't supposed to be a regular thing. You go on Facebook, Instagram, whatever. These chicks are Uber Eats. So everything they get is coming from the restaurant. The restaurant has no dietary concerns. Here, eat this and die. Your grandmothers prided themselves on being a size six. Your grandmothers prided themselves on being able to wear whatever they wanted to wear. Your grandmothers didn't know what the word diet meant. Not the way you use it. Your grandmamas didn't know what a diet was? Yes, she's too busy in the produce section. And if they did develop any of those old people issues, they were actually old when they got them. The arthritis didn't kick in till they were 60 or 70. The cholesterol issues didn't kick in until they were 60 or 70. You got folks out here taking beta blockers and, and, and um, the one they give you for cholesterol. They, 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 y'all taking that statins? They, they got y'all taking that? 
30 and 35 years old. Got folks out here taking statins at 30 and 35. You all need to go and read some labels. It's like, hey, let me go get some fresh stuff here, man. That's the damn move. That's a flex. Let me tell you, ladies, while you sitting up here bull jiving around with the damn food channel, you better figure out how to make some natural stuff. Yeah, you can eat your white meats and cool. That, that's cool and everything. Baby, that, that's where the lick is. You sitting up here trying to go to Popeye's Chicken Man. Damn that. You got a food mark. All y'all bragging about where you went on your damn birthdays. You should be taking your ass over there to the meat market, to the seafood market, and get that stuff fresh. That's how you get niggas getting down on one knee. It's like, yeah, I was going to break up with your ass, but now I started thinking about who's going to make this be. Damn, I better go back and go apologize. Even though I ain't even in the wrong. The other thing is, if you ain't added up the damn caloric counts on these things, people, do yourselves a favor sometime. Go and look up, for I'm just giving you one example. Do you know how many heads, how much lettuce you would have to eat to, to get 500 calories? If your daily food intake is going to be 2,000 calories, do you all know how many calories are in one? Just one, an entire head of lettuce? I want y'all to think about this for just a few moments. You all can go Google this right now if you want to. If you had to eat 500 calories worth of lettuce, first you might want to look up how many calories are in one head of lettuce. One. Spoiler alert, barely 50. Guess what? If I told you to eat 200 calories of strawberries without sugar, without sweeteners, you'd be surprised how many you got to eat to get 200 calories of strawberries. 200 calories is not a meal, but to get 200 calories of strawberries, you go look up how much, how many calories are in one strawberry. And I'm telling you, you gotta go, you gotta go eat 200 calories worth. You go to the store, they got the, the, the shrimp that comes in a bag. If you want on the bag, or if you want to get the seafood market, on the bag, you can at least see what the calorie count is. Folks, the whole bag that you get there at Walmart, the whole bag is 200 calories, the whole thing. All of it. Jason, you mean I can eat the whole bag of shrimp, and that's only 200 calories? Yes. Not the fried shrimp. The stuff, the stuff that you can steam. You take some of that, put a little bit of seasoning on it, that's 200 calories for the whole bag. How the hell your ass walking around here size 18, and I know for a fact there's only 200 calories in a whole bag of shrimp. That's because your ass has is sitting up there paying rent at Church's Chicken. You're renting a room upstairs at Five Guys. There's no way you could be packing on that much. There's too much stuff out here that well, I'm talking about have you full, full. You can't get through it. Folks, you, you, if you're on a proper diet, you ain't walking around hungry. 
If you're eating a bunch of complex carbohydrates, a bunch of processed foods, a bunch of stuff with white starch and sugar in it, yeah, you hungry all the damn time. If you're a person eating a regular, sensible, non-processed diet, man, you ain't walking around hungry. If you're eating whole oats, you ain't walking around hungry. If you're eating real eggs, you're not walking around hungry. If your ass is going to damn meat, both jangles. Well, Jason, I was eating, I got my bread, and I got my eggs, and I got my dairies, and they put some cheese on it. I got the out sausage egg and, and cheese biscuit. That damn thing got 800 calories to it, but I got my, my, it's got the whole food dosey. You ain't think about it, man. If you don't get your big ass back in front of that damn stove and start learning how to scramble some eggs, while you still got an arm that ain't been cut off yet from the diabetes to scramble the egg with, Get you some eggs, get you some shredded cheese, get you some strawberries in the morning, and call it a breakfast. Folks, I'm talking about out of a 2,000 count a day diet, 2,000 calories a day is hard to eat. 2,000 calories a day is difficult to eat if you're actually eating real food. Brother, you're going to be stuffed. You're going to be stuffed. Y'all need to go to the fish market. Do you all realize that, if, for example, two fillets of snapper is 200 calories? If I told you to eat 1,000 calories of snapper, that would be like eight fillets. Man, you would think I was trying to kill you. If I told you to eat 1,000 calories of snapper, you'd swear I was trying to murder you when you saw how many fillets you have to eat to get a thousand calories. Like this thing is trying to kill me. He's trying to burst my stomach. Bring up the biggest heifer you got. She goes, I can't eat all this. Yeah, that's real food. That's real food. Folks, I'm not lying. And I'm from Louisiana, we love our seafood, but we eat a bunch of garbage. That's what I'm telling you. We love our seafood down here, but then we go off and put the damn plantation twist on it. Yeah, it tastes better, but it kills you better too. We need to have a fundamental reorganization and re-engineering of how we do things. We love the flavor. We got to figure out a way to maintain the flavor and drop off all this damn extra stuff. I'm just telling y'all right now, when you eat real food, when you eat real cheese, when you eat real meat, when you eat real vegetables, man, that's going to have you full quick. That's going to have you full quick. And for most of the day, you folks, you ain't going to get to a 2,000. I'm just going to be real. You're not going to eat a 2,000-calorie diet unless you do weightlifting and stuff. You're not going to get that far if you're eating the real thing. You're not going to get that far. In the chat room, Jaquille talking about oatmeal and peanut butter. Yeah, you, eat, you can eat peanut butter, just not the Jif or the Peter Pan. You know, the super processed stuff. You can't eat that. If you get real peanut butter, you can eat that. You go get this processed stuff, 
Let's come wheel your ass in here for this dialysis. We ain't supposed to have a bunch of young black folk walk around here like Trick Daddy. No offense, Trick Daddy. We ain't supposed to have a bunch of young black folk walk around here like that. Line up to take care of the handbags, the shoes, and everything else. Baby, you ain't gonna have to get a job for what? Get a job for what? It's gonna be too many dudes like, baby, you brought a million dollars worth of femininity. I got the handbag. Baby, you brought a million dollars worth of femininity. I got the bag. I got, I got that. It would take you too much. We're wasting time. If I had you go buy one, here it is right here. Come on, come on, come on over here. Let's get you on the fast track. Instead of sitting up here listening to Lizzo be your comfort food, pardon the expression, and sitting up here being your coping mechanism, I'm just saying a bunch of size 14, 16, 18 females talking about where the real men at. The real men is chasing a fit chick. That's where we at. The real men are chasing a fit female. That's what we do. You over there watching Lizzo, we over here watching Beyonce. Catch a clue. Let me tell you, ladies, take the damn hair weave out your head. God, you got hair growing out your hair by the grace of God. You don't need all that. What you need to do is get your ass over there, Fabletics and Lululemon. 24-hour fitness, you need to be spending about what, five hours a week fitness in there. So you can start having some self-respect because this all stems, stems from lacking that, baby. If you don't have to, a person can take a look at your appearance and see, oh, you don't care about yourself. Okay. Fall back. Ladies, the new status symbol needs to be y'all parked at the gym. Y'all can bring them overpriced-ass Mercedes C-classes. No offense. Bring your CLAs and CLSs and E-classes that you done overpaid for. Okay, at the very least, park your big ass over there. In the chat room, Mazazi needs to get on Zoom. <laughs> In the chat room, Mazazi says, what about fat men? We need Mazazi on Zoom. I want Mazazi to go ahead and get on Zoom since you've got such a wonderful explanation there to give. You have such a wonderful report, retort to give. Yeah, Mazazi needs to join me on Zoom right quick. I'd like to hear more. I'd like to hear more. Let, let's discuss about the men, Mazazi. Don't anybody else use the Zoom link? I'll ban you. This is not for the general public. I meant what I said. I want Mazazi to go ahead and join us on Zoom right quick. Since Mazazi wants to ask, what about the fat men? Mazazi needs to get over here on Zoom right quick. That way we can go ahead and have this conversation. Uh, six Goddess, you need to get on Zoom too, ma'am. And by the way, folks, this is not a request. That is an order. Six Goddess, you need to get on Zoom also. Since you all are asking these questions, I will be absolutely thrilled 
to address that with you. No problem at all. The link is pinned to the top of the chat room. You need to go ahead and give us a holler here on Zoom. Uh, six, let's go ahead and get that going real quick. Mazazi and Six the Goddess, let's go ahead and get them on Zoom. Since they have the, they both have the same question, let's go ahead and address that at the same time. Let's go ahead and do that. If folks really got a serious question to ask here, you know what? I think that requires a serious response. We're waiting. We're waiting. Because whenever we get together and have these kind of discussions, some folks get in their feelings and all of a sudden they want to talk about something else. No, we're going to go ahead and stay on point. But if somebody does want to try to change the subject to something else, we can take care of that too. Okay, Mazazi needs to be banned. So we're going to go ahead and ban Mazazi. Since Mazazi says that they're not going to call in, that was not a request. Let me be very, very clear. That's not a request. Mazazi, get your big ass back in front of the television, and you just get ready for your diabetes. Don't you worry about a man, period. A fat man, a skinny man, a rich man, a poor man, you're eligible for no man. So you just focus on that. You focus on being on speed dial for Uber Eats. You focus on that. Don't you worry about the men. You have no options in men, fit, fat, or otherwise. Maybe smelly. You know, when you get to the dial to that the Avita dialysis clinic, when you get there, see if you can pick up a date while you're there. That's your speed. That, that's where you need to be. You worry about that. What about the men's? You try to pick up a date on your next dialysis visit. Try to pick up a date there. Still waiting on six goddess. Still waiting on you, ma'am. By the way, folks, this is very, very easy to do. Still waiting on you. Shouldn't be that hard. Still waiting on you. Zazi talking about why I got to work out. You don't have to. What about the man? You ain't got no man. You worry about the wrong damn thing. The only man you see is the doctor. And the fella down there at Meineke who puts you up on the forklift so they can go ahead and shove the excess dirt off your feet. <laughs> That's the only man in your life. The only man in your life is the Michelin man and, 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 and Burger King. That's your king. You been dreaming about Prince Charming? I got good news for you. Your king has shown up. But the bad news is it's the Burger King. You thought it was Turks and Caicos. Eh, not exactly. Yeah, not exactly. You'll be a member of a royal family. Eh, just not one of the ones you really want to be a member of. Not one of those. Yeah. You're, you're, you're going to be a member of a different royal family. Now, that's, the, that's the one you'll be in. So, yeah. She got a man, though. She got a man. 
Still waiting on Six Goddess, by the way. It doesn't take this long. If she doesn't show up in the next 60 seconds, she gets banned too. So she got 60 seconds to go ahead and get on here because she asked a question. And I'm saying, okay, let's answer the question. Uh, you need to be calling up so we can go ahead and discuss that. All of a sudden, you're saying, oh, look here, Six. All right, sounds like it's goddess of obesity. Sounds like the goddess of obesity. I'm trying to figure out which pantheon that is. Which episode, which uh, which Marvel movie of Thor is the goddess of obesity? I know it's the goddess of hell, it's the goddess of love. Which which one's the goddess of obesity? Just asking for a friend. Just asking for a friend. I don't know, the number six might be how many inches around her fingers are. Uh, she only got a little bit to go here, and then we're going to boot her. So, ma'am, folks, I thought they wanted to ask questions. I thought they wanted to ask questions. Folding chair says six got to seven of them broken. Brother, well, maybe you can go to the same ER that uh, Mazazi going to be at. Maybe you can go there. They might be a little bit busy loading her big ass up on the gurney. They might be a little bit busy, so get a doctor's a little bit of, get the orderlies a few minutes to get to. You gotta roll her big ass up. Just saying. Okay, you can go ahead and ban uh, Six Goddess here. Clearly, she doesn't want to talk, which is perfectly fine. All I'm saying is we're not going to play any games about it. If you want to ask questions like that, sure, you can go ahead and ask questions like that. But then we're going to have a conversation about it. We're going to have a conversation about it. On tonight's program here, folks, is I want us to understand that we are under siege as a people. We are under attack and assault as a people. We need to have serious conversations about what we do about that. First and foremost is take care of everything that we can amongst ourselves. There's not a lot of things in this world that you have absolute control over, but you do have absolute control over whether or not you are helping or hurting your own body. You got absolute control over that. You have absolute control over whether or not you are giving the best maintenance and care to your body that you can. You have absolute control over that. You also have absolute control over what you develop a taste for, a flavor for, a feeling for, a desire for, a longing for. You have absolute control over that. And what I'm saying is it's time to value that. It's time for black women to go ahead and start showing that not just one or two from a damn Instagram page. It needs to be the norm. Waddling, shuffling your feet, your thighs scrubbing together, that dark skin thing that happens on the back of your neck when you get too damn fat. We need for that to become an extinct species. We need black women to make regular water a flex. 
We need black women to stop talking about Venus and Serena Williams and y'all getting in the gym outworking the white girls. We need that to become the blacks. We need black women who are like, look here, I don't need a $6,000 handbag. I got a million dollar body. I'm straight. That's a flex. Stop dreaming about it and have it. We need black women who make good paperwork from the doctor's office a flex. All my numbers are where they need to be, including the STD numbers. Including the STD numbers. It's a bunch of herpes hoes. You got to have a bunch of C-sections because you can't deliver vaginally. Looking at you, Atlanta and New York. We got a bunch of herpes hoes who got to get a C-section because they can't deliver vaginally. Oh, I said it tonight. Oh, I said it tonight. Yeah, we need that to become the norm. That you ain't got to get a C-section because if you got herpes, the kid might go blind if you try to deliver vaginally. Yeah, we ain't going to have that. Yes, we need some chicks. When I talk about health, uh, and you're talking about delivering babies, I'm talking about the whole damn thing. While we talking, these are things you can control. It's one thing for you to see some dirty, grimy, slimy broads. It's another thing for you to be a slimy broad. You ain't supposed to be grimy and slimy like that. Your grandmamas wasn't in the streets like that. Talking about flexing your sexuality. Baby, you need to flex some clean damn STD paperwork. That's what you need to be flexing. Hey, Jason, I got a clean bill of health. My cholesterol, my hypertension. Oh, yeah, and human papillomavirus. Just saying, we need to make that the norm. Folks don't want to do nothing until it's a damn crisis. You ain't supposed to be waiting until you hear snap, crackle, and pop before you go to go do something. You're supposed to stop that from occurring. We need to make that the norm. We need to make that a flex. We need to make that a normal thing. Once that becomes part of the culture, we can get a whole lot more of a handle on a bunch of the rest of this stuff. That's what I'm saying. We're going to go ahead and wrap up tonight's program here. My thoughts and condolences go out to everybody. Peace to my man, Ogun, and everyone else here. And folks, going forward, we need to make sure we do everything that we can. No, we can't do everything. We can do a lot more than we have. I want to thank everyone who has contributed to support tonight's program on PayPal, Cash App, Super Chat, Venmo, Carly Stration, 
Carlette Strachan, thank you very much for your support tonight. We appreciate that. Bernie Cole, Jason Bobelar, Cold Light Personality, and everybody else. If you are new here to the Black Channel, welcome to the Haven of Intelligent Black Thought. We do this every weekend. Click that red subscribe button. Click that yellow notification bell. Join us each and every time that we're here. If you haven't been to our website, blackchannelfilms.com, go and check out our groundbreaking, best-selling documentary work, 7 a.m., Gentrified, Race War, all available on DVD and streaming. Go to blackchannelfilms.com. That is blackchannelfilms.com. Shout out one thou and everybody else who's contributed to this nice program. And this concludes this broadcast of the Black Channel. I am your host, your brother, your humble servant, the Black Authority. And until next time, my brothers and my sisters from around the world, remember, Black is the future, and the future is uncompromising. Names, you know what I mean? Like, maybe like something Thompson, you know what I mean? You never see that in an African person, it'll be like Pascal, or Hamari Gosh, or you know what I mean? Kevin, you know what I mean? They're all, I don't know, like, black people. Like something very clear to me. Yeah, it's not a person. You know what I mean? They're all. They're all.
So it's just, it's so interesting that he's sitting in the UK with this British accent, Australia accent, trying to do a podcast, mimicking us, dressing like us, talking about us. The reality is that these people are jealous and they really want to be black American. Deep down inside, all of these groups, the Caribbean, the Africans, they want to be black American. They're irrelevant. Their culture is not relevant. They're, they are not relevant. They have to live their lives in the shadows of black Americans. And that sucks. And I will be upset too if I had to constantly live in the shadow of these other black people in the diaspora that's always talked about, that's always, that's the most popular. Everybody follows them, everybody watches them. So it's a miserable place to be. And I get it, you know, but this obsession with us needs to stop. You know, I look at these people and it's really sad that the fact that they don't even know how colonized and lost that they are. That people split their countries, that's why they're sitting over in Europe with someone else's accents, claiming to be British, claiming to be English, Australia, German, Germany, or whatever. I have was over in Europe over the holidays. And when I tell you that these uh, immigrants in the UK are just so gone and so tone deaf, it's ridiculous. In their minds, they think that they're sitting over there with fitted hats on, jerseys, Nikes, Jordans, and everything else is something that they created. They think they created hip-hop. They think they created some type of drill music. They think they are the culture. They live in this bubble over in the UK that is really sad, that they don't realize that they are a uh, bad version of Black Americans. Their music sucks. Their culture sucks. Their accent sucks. I mean, you're sitting over there talking about, we have white people names and white people own us, but white people literally own you guys today. You're selling your own people out on the continent today. You are third-class citizens in your own country. You want to talk about somebody owning us as white people? Africans are so weak in their country. If you ever go to the continent, everybody owns everything. They own nothing, and they're the majority. So it's the audacity for me for these Africans that are tone deaf. They don't own the stores. They don't even own their own resources. They live in adjunct poverty. They're not even coming from third worlds. They're coming from like fourth-world countries, but they're living in poverty slum. We've all seen it what's going on over here, not to mention that they're so so uh, low IQ and lack critical thinking that right now you've got Nigeria about to send troops in Niger so they can go to war. They are born with each other. They're tribal beefing with each other, living in slum poverty. They lack resources, infrastructure, medical. They die of basic necessities. They don't even have steady running water or electricity. And the last thing these people should be doing is getting on a podcast in a white man's country with a white man's accent, copying black Americans and talk about how we're owned by white people. You people are pathetic. If any foreigners are listening to this, you are really pathetic. You have to look at yourself in the mirror and really say, I'm a pathetic human being. My people is worth it. We are 13% of the population and we always stand 10 toes down in our own country. We don't run. If I run the numbers of how many Africans, Caribbean, anybody else in America, it will, it is, it's not even funny. You don't find 5 million, 100,000, 200,000, 300,000 of black Americans relocating anywhere. You don't see pieces of us on boats running across the land to, to get into another country. You don't see us begging, dying of famine and disease in our own country. We stay here. But this is the tone deafness of these people. And again, this is a clickbait video because they know that they're irrelevant. Just like the funky Haitians on that podcast, 
They have to talk about black Americans and denigrate us to get traction. Because if they don't, they won't get traction. See, they can't create podcasts talking about themselves because no one cares about Africans, Caribbeans, Latinos, any of these groups. No one is going to ever click on a video to see what's going on with Africans or Caribbeans or really care about their culture. They're irrelevant. If you look them up in the dictionary, you'll see all of their country's flags because they can't get traction. It is sad that you people want to sit on the internet and constantly talk about black Americans. You notice Africans or whatever, they never talk about Caribbeans. You know, it's like, they, that's how slow they are. Because Caribbeans are descendants of slaves too. But again, Caribbeans are not relevant. So talking about some Caribbean group about their names, it's not going to garner traction. It may garner traction for a second. Other than that, it doesn't garner traction. So look at this video. Share with your family and friends so we can wake our people up out of this pan-African slumber. It is time to delineate from these people and get them out of our space and culture forever. So you guys, like, comment, subscribe, tell me what you think below, and I'll see you guys in the next video. Is that we're getting poisoned all the time, and then we can go out there and talk about Let's go race for cancer, but it's like our lifestyles are cancer. Yes. Yeah, and then the unfortunate thing is, you know, like when you look at where cancer was in the 1970s when uh, uh, Richard Nixon claimed the war on cancer, and you look at where we're at today, we're worse. Mm -hmm. And they've thrown over $300 billion into the, the war against cancer, but nothing's the only thing that has helped cancer in the 1990s was the fact that, you remember like all the rappers used to smoke reports. Mm. It used to be a cool thing to smoke cigarettes. Mm. But they did a campaign where they just essentially urged people to stop and people stopped smoking cigarettes. That's what's helped the cancer. Right. It hasn't been chemo, it hasn't been radiation, it hasn't been surgery because those are the same, same three modalities that they used in the 1970s. Right. So it's important that we know and understand that the same way they have industrialized our food and now our food is, is filled with chemicals. It's like that with everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's flame retardants and mattresses that cause us to breathe those in. We get toxic from that. There's flame. There's all type of toxins in the air. There's toxins in the water. And so because we don't understand how to get these toxins out of the body, what things to eat, what things to do, how do we stimulate our lymphatic system, we are always going toward that modern medicine modality right. that truly doesn't get us the the ability to fight cancer that we we need to because everybody in this room at some point has had a cancer cell in their body. Mm -hmm. Everybody. But we don't know that because our immune system is constantly stumping it out without us knowing. Right. And so it's important for us to know even when you take chemo, the thing that saves you is your immune system. Mm. You know, because chemo again, another military invention. Uh, chemo is uh, uh, is something that, you know, it doesn't just kill the cancer cells, like it kills all the cells. cells. Mm -hmm. This is why you're losing your hair. This is why you can't eat properly anymore. This is why your skin turns another color. Is it true that people die because of the chemo? Yeah, absolutely. Not the cancer. Yeah. It's the chemo treatment that they have to survive. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? And when you think about something like that, it's like, you think about the amount of people that were diagnosed that, you know, if they try something alternative, 
it may have survived because the rate of dying from chemo, I'm sure, is very high. Like, just I don't know what the percentage is, but I you have a 50 50 chance you either survive or you don't. Yeah. You understand me? And so most people go in there thinking death, right? Yeah. Hospitals are designed like morgues. I talked about this with the brother Akis. Like, when you go to a hospital, it's not you don't you're not in an environment that you think is about to save your life, right? It looks just like a morgue does, yeah. right? There is no life, there is no color, there's no vibrancy, no plants, no sound healing going on, ain't no sage being lit, none of that stuff. It feels like, oh, I'm about to go in here on my deathbed, yeah. literally. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? A hospital bed is the equivalent to a deathbed because more people go in the hospital and die, right? Yeah. So, you, you, like, during the C-19 situation, people that were put on the respirators, they had a, a very high chance of not getting off those respirators. Yeah. So it was better to, you know, allow, to, to, to practice, you know, open air therapy and sunlight and whatever other remedies that you could at home versus going into a hospital, which decreases your chance of survival. Yeah, and the thing is, now we can look back like 2020 hindsight. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that they discovered was that if you had a deficiency in vitamin D, mm -hmm. it increased your, your rate exponentially for having a severe response to C19. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the African-American population, 80% of us are deficient in vitamin C. And the reason why that's so important is, is this. With some people, the reason why our skin is like this is because of the adaptation to the sun. Mm -hmm. And so when we move from the equator, the Caribbean, when we move from Africa, we remove ourselves from that year-round sun. Right. And so anybody that lives above the latitude of Atlanta, you're going to need extra sun, especially if you have melanin, because the thing about melanin, it reflects the sunlight. Mm -hmm. And so as a, as a person of color, as a black person, you're going to need even more sunlight because that's who we are. And so when you start to think about it, why we were so impacted by C-19, it was because... Hey, we had we have deficiencies in vitamin 